Outlaw, Mud Show, Drive-In. Welcome to the Outlaw Mud Show Drive-In. My name is Joe Connor. With me is Mohammed Fabi. Hello, everyone. James Blanton. Hello. Pete Guest. Greetings, all. All right, and, you know, we all traveled around a lot this year, saw each other quite a few times over <laughs> WrestleMania weekend and... And those fantastic NWA shows where they paid people two hundred and fifty dollars for one month, and you know it's been it's been, a, it's been a fantastic year. You know, can't can't wait to to go to a restaurant and eat with everybody tonight. And shit, never mind that did not happen. But what did happen was a pretty decent year for wrestling in twenty twenty. Um, so today we are going to look back at our top stars of twenty twenty. Our I don't know why I have my notes from work in my hand. Um, <laughs> um, top stars of 2020, uh, the top matches of 2020, and our favorite supercard of 2020. Um, so I guess start off with the supercard, and for supercard meaning pay-per-view or like a special version of Dynamite or NXT. Um couple honorable mentions I'll throw in first. I'll say the Royal Rumble. Um, and honestly, I know a lot of people shat on it, but it was just the, I think just the overall vibe that it had. Um, WrestleMania. Um, but my top show of the year would be Wrestle Kingdom from almost exactly one year ago. Um, I think both nights just had a complete magical feel to it. Um, it literally was this year's WrestleMania um, because Mania didn't have you know the fans this year. Um, it had the big blow-off matches, the entrances. To me, it was New Japan at its best, and it just you know sucks that. Everything happened afterwards, so they really couldn't build a lot of momentum afterwards on it. Um, but I'd say both nights were excellent. I didn't watch them live. I watched them the next day. I tried to watch them live, but I slept through it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, both days felt like a major event. Um, hopefully, you know, the same exact thing happens this year. Mohammed, how about yourself? Um, I will say that yes, uh, Royal, uh, as honorable mentioned, the Royal Rumble. Also, uh, during the pen uh, during the pandemic, I think the best the best super cards that were like you know limited fan attendance were NXT's Takeover in Your House and yeah. uh, and War Games, NXT Takeover War Games. Um, but uh, by far, like I think, the best show this year as Supercard is is both Nights of Wrestle Kingdom as well from the Tokyo. Dome. Um, they had a lot of investment going into them, and they paid off on a lot of those investments. Uh, same thing happened with WrestleMania, but uh, of course, unfortunately, uh, Wrestle Kingdom uh, had the uh, the crowds and had the it had that grand show feel. That, yeah. That's what made gave it that extra push. 
So I would say like they had the hook of like the double gold dash that uh, had you that made you watch both nice and concession and had them linked together. So I would say as as a collective, both shows together would be the super card of the year. James. Okay, I will agree with y'all also. Uh, my super card of the year was Rising Kingdom. The double dash was wonderful. Uh, the matches was great. I am stoked for this year's Rising Kingdom, which is tonight. Uh, I'm going to mention, I have to go with, and this is going to be the, the wild card. It's, I enjoyed the money in the bank. Um, it was fun. It was different. Yeah, it was a fun match for what it was. They made it entertaining. And it was a great overall good show for that, you know. It was. Minus, yeah. And I don't see anything else that that was great. The Rumble's always good, uh, you know, because of surprises. And we did see a big surprise with Edge. And NXT always do good. So I, always, I can't really never pick out one particular NXT uh, takeover because it's always a fun one. But I, I will go with, say, War Games was good too for information. And I pass it to my good mate, Pete. What was your <laughs> favorite well, super car? I, I can't agree with you on Wrestle Kingdom, obviously, because I didn't watch it. I, if I can stay up late enough, I will be watching tonight, if you're all in with that. Um, personally, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to say Mania, because at the time, the world had gone to complete shit. Mm-hmm. Everyone had no, you know... Everyone was just low. Um, they could have easily just cancelled it. Um, it. It couldn't have happened. Um, so I think it was nice to uh, have have a mania. You know what I mean? It could, we could have had nothing. And, you know, although it was over two days, it was still fun. You know, um, we had our first cinematic match, uh, the Boneyard match, which I'm sure, Mo, you can agree with me, that's going to be in your top five. Um <laughs> You know, it was just fun. And like I say, uh, James, Money in the Bank was also fun. It was something different. It was entertaining. Um, and like I say, they could have cancelled the until the world has gone back to normal again. But they didn't. They still gave us a program. So I'm going with Mania. That's a perfect segue into uh, the cinematic match of the year category. Um, before I get to my top cinematic match of the year I'd probably say a couple honorable mentions I would probably say the probably money in the bank or the swamp match um, plus uh, the the funhouse match um, but my, my favorite cinematic match of the year would be AJ Styles versus the Undertaker um because Mania, as you said, it didn't have the fans. They were on quick notice to do something. Um, and let's face it, at the time, no one really wanted to see... Because we didn't know what was how the world was going to be. We didn't know the shit was going to be going on until, you know, August, November, January. Um, yeah. So everyone was like, oh, let's not have Taker versus AJ in an empty arena. So they did the magical thing of having it be this cinematic match. You know, they, they did two of them, and this one here just, you know, it just blew me away. It was 
everything I wanted it to be, everything I didn't want it to be, um, but it had like all that Undertaker magic to it. Um, it the the way the Good Brothers are on it, it's is a less sexually driven version of uh, the Talk and Shop <laughs> Mania matches, but done with a budget. Um, it was yeah, I, I w- watching it. I was just feeling like you know a kid again. It was it just felt like magic and. Thank you, WWE, for doing something that was different, and, you know, it's helped, you know, start a trend of matches that have gone on, you know, every few months throughout the year. Um, I hope we get more matches like that, even in a post-COVID world. Uh, Mohammed? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, thank you, WWE, for that, but we also have to thank the genius that is Matt Hardy for starting the cinematic yeah, match trend. yeah. Way before, uh, that was way ahead of the curve, and then uh, when we and this year we actually needed. Uh, mm. I would say uh, honorable mentions would be for me like um, the money in the back match was a lot of fun, and uh, I think uh, I think uh, coming in if we're ranking them as top three, that would be the my second second place would be the Firefly Funhouse match because it was like a psychological deep. Th- that I have never seen something like that. It was excellent, yeah. 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 But uh, number one, of course, uh, well, I will have to agree with you, Joe, is the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. It was... I mean, like, when they said it, there was a Boneyard match, you expected something that was sort of cinematic. We never expected it to be, like, something so well done uh, by, by the WWE for it. Like, it was by... It, it was like a horror western mm-hmm. mini yeah. movie, yeah. And it clearly stayed like if you had watched, if you watched this match without knowing the backstory to it, you could tell that this this is like the Undertaker's the gunslinger, uh, the gunslinger, and it's yeah. on his last leg, and the young punk that's coming in to take his place. And that was just it was a perfect execution, I would say, as uh, or as close as perfect you can get. So it's the Boneyard match is the best cinematic match of the year. What do you say, James? I have to respectfully disagree. The best cinematic match of the year was the boner yard match. <laughs> I'm talking about me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I, I, I have to <laughs> I have to agree it was great. And I also enjoyed Bray versus John Cena for all the little Winks and homages there. That was great. Uh, you can't, you can't like not love the Undertaker match, and I still get the chills when he leaves out in the sunset in the motorcycle. Yeah, but yeah. honorable mentions will be Money in the Bank, but I also will say the Bone Yard match. That was just great. It was. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean- I mean, Boner Yard match is not even the best talk and shop mania match. It's not, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Because, yeah, it is uh, the Chico 10 man. Uh, yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> man. That's where the Maybe yeah, that's where the match. match. I don't yeah, even think the teams were even. Bone. Yeah, I had to say the Boner. <laughs> that's the best of that. But, yeah, but if we really have to go top shop mania, it was Team uh, Chavo versus Team Chico in the Lucha Death match. Yes. For yeah. just being out crazy as it can be. But I uh, bone yard bone yard match, yes for sure. And uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and I'm just thinking anything else. Yeah, that's it. Um, pass to you, Pete. Um, well, no say. In my eyes, the Barnyard match, it was just phenomenal. No pun intended. Um, I watched Talking Shop of Mania, as you know. I didn't quite understand what was going on. I think someone must have been smoking some when they was uh, putting that card together. Um, but like Taking say, heels and drinking, Pete. Taking yeah. heels and drinking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, like say, it's got to be Boneyard match number one, um, followed by the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. It was something completely different, something we didn't expect. You know, and it was fun. It was just overall fun, so I'm just going to go with those two. Now, as far as traditional match of the year, um, my honorable mentions, I'll throw in DIY versus Mustache Mountain from Worlds Collide. Um, I'll also throw in A-Kid versus Trent Seven um, from the Heritage Cup. Um, And my number one match of the year, Ila Dragunov versus Walter for the NXT UK title. Um, That's a good pick. That match was pure excellence, in my opinion. Um, Walter, when he defends the title, kind of feels like Roman Reigns right now when he defends the title. It feels important. Um, It feels like a complete badass monster who can't be defeated. And also kind of like Roman Reigns, he, they both kind of have that thing of respect when they're in the ring. Like, they're not your traditional pure heels. They're both, like, your sports heels where they're just... They're the heels because they know how good they are and how much they can beat people up. Um, the the size difference with Dragunov is noticeable, but it doesn't come into a factor really too much in the match. It's not portrayed as like a complete underdog, um, like David versus Goliath situation. Um, pretty much anyone against Walter is usually in the underdog spot anyhow, but it was much like uh, Tyler Bate versus Walter last year, um, where Dragonov got a lot of great offense in. Um, he had a lot of um, the buildup coming back to get heat back on the heel. Um, the whole entire match, I mean, I didn't expect Dragonov to win it, but there was always that part in the back of your mind where you thought maybe, just maybe, he can get it pulled off. Um, NXT in general, in my opinion, has NXT UK in general has been the best show of the year. Um, and this wasn't even done at you know like a takeover or anything. It was just on their weekly prod, uh, broadcast. So yeah, if you want to see you know great matches on the network, you know look no further than NXT UK. Walter or uh, uh, Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I will agree with those matches. Those are excellent matches. Like uh, Walter versus Thalia was breathtaking, and and also very cringeworthy because of it, because there was so much there was so much emotion going into it, into it, every aspect of that match. Like it's the classic bigger man versus versus underdog fighter uh, type of match, and it's. It was awesome, but I will say my favorite in-ring matches I would say is 
also throwing out there as a, an honorable mention, I would say the men's war games match was pretty good. Uh, and Adam Culver and the singles match between Adam Cole and, Pat, and Pat McAfee was pretty good. I know that's going to grind some gears around here. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was pretty good. But uh, I would say my favorite in-ring match, and this is just for it would be that uh, Tetsuya Naito versus uh, Kazuchika Okada at Night 2 of Wrestle Kingdom. And the reason is because it's going into the match, it's the combination of like this year-long journey for Night 2 seeking to be double champion. And he's uh, he's facing the top star of New Japan, like the, the franchise player, if you would. And uh, everything is set, and everything is actually going against uh, Naito, but he pulls it off in the end. After like, and the match itself is pretty good. It, it is, it is pretty good from the athletic point of view and from the storytelling point of view, which is, which is uh, what you want in a wrestling match. Basically, that those two aspects line up perfectly. So, Naito versus Okada Wrestle Kingdom. That's my match of the year. James. Okay. Okay, I have... I had a feeling you'll agree, but... No, no, no. Look, I agree about the best match of uh, Naito vs. Okada, Naito vs. Kingdom. That that was, to me, the best match of 2020. And I agree with the raw emotion, him finally getting his moment and beating Okada, who, if everybody knows, New Japan is the high-level, super-ending boss of Wrestle Kingdom. And... I thought that was a great match, but I have some honorable mentions to say here. Some might be controversial. I go with uh, Show versus Shingo. That was a good cap off the start from New Japan coming back from uh, coronavirus. That was a good feud there. Uh, also enjoyed uh, Finn versus O'Reilly and NXT TakeOver, two of my favorites. Suzuki versus Yuji Nagata. It was just smash mouth greatness. And Jay White versus Kota Ibushi for the briefcase. Only because, you know, heels for life. And my... I actually enjoy Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley match. And I thought that was a good title match. And the build was wonderful for that. That was my honorable mentions for that. But I pass it to Pete. So um, which NXT UK match? <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound samey, but that Elia and Walter match, that was just something else. Mm-hmm. And for that to be on just a weekly program, nothing, uh, you know, like not a big spectacle. It was just built up week by week. You know, it wasn't like, oh, it's a main event of this big takeover. It was just like, yeah, there's your Thursday night. And then they just throw that at you. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that we just saw a match of that calibre. Um, just looking at my list quickly, um, I, you know, I just went like from January to December, just quickly run through it. Um, I don't know whether you remember this one, uh, Tyler Bate v. Jordan Devlin in yes. January. Yes. Um, he'd, yeah. he'd been away for quite some time. So for him to come back and just put on a match like that, that was a, a special one for me, especially being there as well. That, that was good. Um, Imperium. I absolutely love Imperium. Um, I can't wait for them to get back together as a four, a group of four. They're, they're kind of keeping it together now, but when as a as a faction, they need to be on the same program. But 
Um, also, as well, anything uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, they had some awesome matches this yeah. year as well, I feel. Yeah. I can't wait um, for uh, Double D to get to the main roster one day. That's Hopefully. right. Yeah, wherever he may be. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, as well, one um, Edge, Edge v. Orton. Yeah, it did get a bit stale towards the end. But if you was to tell me last year Edge is going to return and wrestle, I'd have called you a liar. Yeah. So just to see that that one at Mania, I thought that was really good. Um, uh, the the match we saw the other week. Um, um, where was it? Uh, Thatcher and Champa. I thought that was an excellent match. Very hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, put together last minute as well. We wasn't we wasn't expecting it, but you know, fantastic match. Um, and my last one, I'm going to go with Fiend and Orton and the Inferno match because it was just like, spectacle. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, just something we didn't expect. So was, yeah, that was my good list, Pete. Good list. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, for these top five ones, should we do in an order like I do five, then you do five, then the, the I do four, you do four, three, three, or should we do them all at the same time? I would, uh... It's up to you guys. I prefer that like uh, we go number by number each. Let's do that. Person, but... Yeah. All right. So before I do my, let's start with the women. Before I do my number five, I have a few honorable mentions for my top women of the year. Um, now, a couple of my favorite, my, my, like my three favorites aren't even on the honorable mention list. Like my, my three favorites would be like Alexa Bliss, Dakota Kai and Shotzi Blackheart. They aren't on the list. I still think Dakota Kai is possibly the best in ring. One of the, one of, one of the best in ring, Yeah, but this year, just didn't do enough for her. Um, but my honorable mentions here, um, Susie, Sue Young, um, Piper Niven, Jordan Grace, Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, and Deanna Prazo. Um, Deanna had the number five spot because um, her matches in Impact have been great, but number five that I have on my list it's hard to deny because she is just pure excellence in the ring. Um, and the fact that she returned last week, two weeks ago, one week ago, two, whatever the hell it was, just really cemented that. Um, Charlotte Flair is my number five on my list. Um, granted, she was gone for six months. But if you look at the beginning of the year... It was quite po- even though a lot of people bitched that she won the rumble because it's the whole same old same old thing. It's it's very poetic that she won the rumble because her dad had won the rumble. Um, it's it fits for her to have that as part of her overall career achievements. Um, her match with Rhea Ripley was the best in ring match at WrestleMania, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> she did good good stuff in NXT as well while she was um, down there, um, like the triple threat with Io and Rhea. Um, then, granted, she was gone for six months. However, her coming back a couple weeks ago, it, and I hate to say it, that she was overshadowing Oscar, um, 
but the way she came back just was a complete superstar return. Um, it felt huge. Mm-hmm. Like she, she really is her father's daughter. Um, she is the epitome of a star. Um, she is, I mean, she is like your athlete's athlete as well. Um, like not knock on any other women's wrestler, but you look at Charlotte and you pretty much see like, you know, like a volleyball player, swimmer, um, you know, high, high school athlete when you look at her. Um, and it, it shows off in the ring. Like she moves so flawlessly and so smoothly. Um, Mohammed. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I didn't actually have Charlotte in my top five, but I will put her in the honorable mentions. Uh, actually just the reason of her being her absence. Same reason that I have in my honorable mentions would be Becky Lynch. Uh, and I also have down there Rhea Ripley and uh, Deanna Prose. Now Rhea Ripley is an undeniable talent. It's, I'm just, just thinking that this year has been like after she won the title uh, on 2019, but I think 2020 was just the year where they put her on standby because mm-hmm. she's being safe for the main roster when there are a crowd, uh, more crowds uh, there. And that's why she's been like sort of floating around NXT, not as much as like as, as powerful as presence as she should, as she usually is. That's the reason she and, wasn't online either. Yeah. And and I'll say Diana because uh, like uh, Diana has been doing what I hear is amazing work for Impact. I, I haven't I haven't followed uh, this closely, but she has become the ta- the premier like female talent on that show. And kudos to her for that. And Becky started the year with like two two amazing matches uh, matches before she left. Like uh, the one with uh, with Oscar at the Royal Rumble. Two with Asuka, actually. The one at the Royal Rumble and the rematch, and then she had a pretty good match with Shayna at WrestleMania. And that's why I put her in my own matches. And now, for number five. Uh, number five for me is Sasha Banks. She's ending the year as a women's champion on SmackDown, but she did have... She did have one of the strongest stories coming in uh, coming in through the entire year with her partnership with Bailey. Winning the Raw Women's Championship and then and becoming a double championship uh, along with Bailey, uh, as well Raw Tag Team Champion as well as Raw Tag Team Champion as well as Raw Singles uh, uh, Champion, and then finally having like a, one of the also most uh, one of the best rivalries of the year with Bailey, and ending it with SmackDown Women's Championship. So I would say like this has been actually I, uh, what I believe is Sasha Banks' best year in the WWE so far. So, and uh, I think that needs recognition. So, number five, Sasha Banks. James, what do you say? I would say my honorable mention is kind of different. I, I picked Charlotte Flair and honorable mention also because she really didn't have a full year, but she did have a good, good first 2020 second half when she was on both shows. Uh, Sasha Banks also. Um, I kind of disagree with Mohammed. She did have a fabulous year. But she just, to me, she was kind of read it when she was there. She was with the Golden Role Models. And to me, I felt Bailey was more spotlight than Sasha. Yeah, that time. yeah. yeah Bailey yeah. was more spotlight. But that doesn't mean Sasha was not doing anything. Oh, I just think she was bad. I just think she didn't really do anything impactful. She is the women's champion. She did it. But when I think about Sasha doing 2020, I think her and Bailey, not her. I'm not knocking Sasha. She's not saying she didn't do any accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But that's how I feel about it, though, that way. 
my last one I'm mention is Dakota Kai. I think she really stepped up. Uh, I enjoy her work. I wish uh, her and uh, Raquel was the, you know, NXT, uh, the women's tag team so they could do something with the belts. So I thought they made a good run. But my number five was, uh, and this was, I told the guys early before you joined in, Muhammad, it was uh, Rita Ripley, and it was kind of hard to fit her in there. And I just figured like she was, I agree, she is floating around. They're just waiting for her to move her up. But they've been doing interesting stuff with her where they still keep her relevant. She's not winning the title, but having good matches. But then when she has non-title matches, she's winning her feuds. And she did have, she did have a great start in the beginning of the year. And they kept that going. Like they said, they're just keeping her in limbo right now. So they're ready to bust her out on the scene, hopefully this month. So my number five was Rita Ripley. And I'll pass it to you, Pete. Um, my list slightly different. Um, my number five was Becky. I think she had a fantastic beginning of year. Um, I think she's going to come back better than ever. I don't think she's going to, uh, you know, she's going to go straight to the top, I feel, because of the way she had to just uh, walk away because of the pregnancy. So I think she's going to pick her spot up there. Uh, number four, I've gone for Eo oh, Shirai. Not doing number four, four yet. Uh, yeah. Um, just, doing uh, number, oh, sorry. just doing number five. On oh, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Becky Lynch is my number five. Um, I'd say honourable mentions. I go with Charlotte I, again because, like, she hasn't been here the entire year, but she has made an impact coming back. I do feel she slightly overshadowed Asuka when she came back, but she's got that star power to do that. I think they'll have probably uh, hit it up at the Rumble, possibly, but who knows? Um, my number four would be Io Shirai. Um. She, she, her, it's like her journey to the top was pretty awesome overall in her NXT career, as far as being kind of a bland babyface to becoming a really badass heel to taking that heel persona and turning it into a face. And you know, the uh, the first few months she was just basically just kind of floating around doing different bow royals and like programs of Bianca um she goes and wins the uh, NXT title and you know she's held the title now for 7 months um I honestly thought it was only going to be a few month reign um they they could do more with her versus various different people you know, like w- like one month facing somebody the next month facing anybody else because the women's roster in NXT is phenomenal is the best roster there is um but they definitely need to do more matches with her versus you know like Tony versus Raquel versus Dakota etc um but she's just had a great very low key great 2020 um like her reign isn't on like a Shayna Baszler or Asuka level where it feels huge. However, it definitely has that kind of like a CM Punk, Drew McIntyre, Shawn Michaels type run where they are the dependable champion. Yes, they're the workhorse champion. Um, She had one... I think 2020 was 
easily her best year in general. Um, Mohammed? Um, well, surprise, surprise, number four for me is also Yoshirai. And in addition to those reasons, I would say, like, I also thought, like, he was going to be some sort of a transitional champion Same. after in your house. But she really did step up into the role of champion, and she has. And it might have been a gradual climb for her, but she did. But she has stepped up to being the face of the women's division on NXT, and that is something you have to respect. Like, uh, and her title matches were not as plenty, but the, every title match she had, she it was great. She made her opponents look great. She herself looked great, and she delivered. So, Ishrai, number four. James? Um, and we did the hat trick. My number four is Yushara also, so I'll make this quick and just say I agree with Master Heater and Joe about what they say about Yushara, but she was my number four. And also, one side note, I forgot that Big Britt Baker was in my uncle mentions too. I'm thinking she's finally developing her character. Agreed. And, and it's, it's nice to have a... Yeah stuff like that because she's not wrestling that much but she really developed that year but I'll pass you Pete because we know you're number four too we have a unity <laughs> yeah <laughs> great minds think alike <laughs> <laughs> Shirai, I can't really add to anything that all three of you already said so we'll just leave it at that <laughs> that's um, what we do when we we match all our, our rest that's right <laughs> we do, exactly. we do better. Yeah. Um, number three for me is the most dominant current women's champion, the longest reigning NXT UK women's champion, and the one of the most, if not the most, sinister women's wrestler currently going, Kaylee Ray. Um, Kaylee Ray? Yes. Number three? Really? Yes. Uh oh, Master Hita got an issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get to that one. It, it, it was it, it was a toss up between her, uh, her and the number two spot. We were going back and forth, um, but Kaylee Ray had some excellent matches this year. Um, like every title match she had this year was hard hitting. Um, they all went pretty good uh run times um granted they were mainly against Tony Storm and Piper Niven but those matches all told stories um and like just the way she's portrayed um like she doesn't necessarily come out and do anything vicious herself but it's just the way the, the look she has and the stuff that she subtly does um whether it be just a quick attack and the way she leaves, just the way she stares down her opponent, or if somebody else, such as like Ginny, gets involved and does something, and she just kind of has that look towards them, like she almost wants to attack them at the same exact time. Um, her character has been great. Her mic work has drastically improved this year. Um, like, it's funny now she seems like a bigger star than she did when she was on takeover um and it kind of sucks that i think for a lot of people when she was on takeover at war games in 2019 
a lot of people thought she was kind of like a throwaway, but it's just because of people who don't necessarily watch NXT UK. If you had watched UK, you would just see the build that she had until then, and especially what she's capitalized off of since then. Um, but yeah, Kaylee Ray, who I don't necessarily want to see leave NXT UK, but once she actually does actually enter regular NXT, I think it's going to open a lot of eyes. Um, she's a complete star. Uh, Mohammed? Well, uh, well, this is awkward because I also have Kaylee Ray at number three on my. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought, uh, oh my god! I, I thought you were going to say like she was your number one or something. Like you were just Me like. Too. <laughs> I honestly, I was going to put, put her at number uh, number two, but I think number two edged her out a little bit. Better, I, but that's I think our number twos are going to be the same. I think number twos and number ones are going to be the same for both of you. <laughs> but uh, honestly, uh, just an addition to you, but Kaylee Ray comes out, and I think she even, uh, like, what has served her more as champion this year has been when, and not when she came out to compete, but rather when she comes out and addresses the crowd or addresses the division or anything because she has that presence of a champion first mm-hmm. of all and she and she also is very like she projects that um, image of a being a person that's being very vile very evil would do anything to win or keep a uh, stay on top and that's something that not a lot of wrestlers can actually do per- as perfectly as Kaylee Ray does She's, and... she does a very 1980s-esque thing lately where she um sells an injury and uses that to her advantage. It's, I forgot to mention that, but she's she's doing yeah. that greatly lately. Yeah, she's sort of like the person where you think, like, uh, you know, if she has a broken limb, she will hit you with that broken limb, even if it's... even if she's going to lose uh, something over it. And uh, and she has been perfect. Like she, she is the longest-running women's champion in the league, yeah, I, think, I think, in the world right now, as far as reigns uh, go. And... She has just been amazing, honestly. Uh, I, I would have put her higher, but I think the I think if NXT UK had as much attention as NXT, for example, or or Kaylee would be my number one. No, no questions asked. But there you go, three number three, Kaylee Ray, and I want to throw another honorable mention out there. Uh, Candice LeRae has been awesome yeah. this year. Yeah, definitely. And she has moved up from like just the just the the best friend blonde that's been in there to an actual presence on the show. That that's she, she, she's become sinister. Plus, her in ring work has drastically improved this year too. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way. James? I would say my number three, and I agree about Candice LeRae. Also, my number three is drum roll. Is it the same? It is not Katie Lake. <laughs> <laughs> I is under rose. She okay. has been gentleman AEW. Uh, she was one for an NW power. Love her presence. Love her attitude. Love how she's she's just awesome. And so much that you know the whole AEW fans like oh my god they need to sign her because she brings some spark into the black luster woman division. Yes, her and Britt to have a match and. It's just something different and stuff like that. I think she'll be 
I hate saying it's a great addition to NXT if they ever picked her up and yeah. stuff. Um, Agreed. So she's a good talent and a wonderful wrestler. One thing about her oh. is uh, like when she was doing yeah, the NWA title defense. I think this year is going to be a big one. I, I think she had, I think her NWA title defenses felt bigger than Sheeta's AEW title defenses. Agree. Mm-hmm. So my number three is Thunder Rosa. I'll just go there and I'll pass to you, Pete. Alright. Um, my number three isn't the same. Um, for my number three, I'm going green. I'm, I picked uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Ow, ow, ow. Purely, I did. <laughs> purely oh, for the God. fact that I had no idea who she was at the beginning of the year and she's won me over in terms of like... Uh, uh, entertainment value, I think. I mean, nobody, not everyone's going to agree with me. I thought the Tang thing was quite funny with uh, Robert Stone. I did too. Um, the fact that she had uh, a ha- Halloween Havoc as the host, I thought that was a really fun show. Um, but yeah, I just picked her purely because I had no idea who she was and she's just won me over. So that's my number that's three. That's yeah, easy. exactly. All right, number two. Here we go. The people, the, <laughs> the in my opinion, the best female wrestler in the world is number two. Um, the most dominant female wrestler in the world. The Empress of Nigeria. Tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> 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 There's, 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 cops, there's cops coming to arrest us right now in the background. <laughs> you don't you don't mention Nia Jax. This is, happens, this is what happens when you put Shotzi in the top five. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> number I'm by a uh, fire station. Sorry about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> N- number Yo, your list your list is that hot, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> number two is Oscar. Um. What you can say about Oscar hasn't already been said for the past five years. Um, with her smaller stature, she still feels like a beast. Even how WWE poorly books her at times, she still feels like a beast because she makes herself feel that way when she's wrestling. Um, even hokey stuff aside that she does, which she does well, um, like especially backstage. Um, her year has been excellent. Um, like she started off during, you know, the whole evil Oscar, evil um, um, Kyrie tag team that they had, um, and you know, adding in that makeup and just the the rants she would go on um, was perfect. Adding in the green mist was perfect. Um, she had some pretty damn good tag team matches honestly um and then you know once she transitioned to a babyface role you know for like money in the bank winning money in the bank becoming you know the first person to hold every title and every accomplishment that you can get with the NXT title um Smackdown Raw tag team Royal Rumble and money in the bank um, cemented her as, if not the greatest of all time, at least one of the greatest of all time. Um, 
her run right now, um, nothing will obviously ever touch her NXT title reign. That was just pure magic. But then again, you know, it's NXT versus the main roster. So what can you do? Um, but she, you know, she lost the belt, won it back. Cause you know, let's face it. Shasta can't retain the raw women's title. Um, right now, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to be doing with her. She's one half of the tag team champions while also being the women's champion. Um, so, you know, rumble season will definitely be interesting coming up this year. Um, it's kind of odd that this past week that Nia Jax entered herself in the Royal rumble instead of just challenging Oscar for the title. Cause Let's face it, if she doesn't have a dance partner at the Rumble yet, then, you know, anybody could be throwing out that challenge. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what 2021 holds for her. But 2020, Asuka definitely rebounded from 2019 of not really doing a lot. And 2018, as far as starting to, you know, lose for the first time, I think 2020 was her best year since 2017. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Asuka, in my opinion, is the best female wrestler there is. Shoot it over to Mohammed. And you called it. We have the same person again at number two. Um, <laughs> I will say Asuka is my, is my all-time favorite uh, women's wrestler but in, the, in the WWE or anywhere, honestly. And what happened is, I think, uh, like, with with Becky having to take time off and no clear person in her place, I think there was a vacuum that Asuka filled pretty quickly because of how, and not just because of how much of a good wrestler she is, but because of how much of, of a larger-than-life character yes. she, she is as well. And that's part that we actually, she's so awesome as a wrestler that people forget that she actually, that she actually brings a lot to the character itself, like uh, this outrageous almost monster-like killer that uh, that is very fun but can also destroy you at the same time that's what Asuka is and uh, and he can't he can't argue with her accomplishments this year so she started off as the as acting as the acting champion with the uh, along with uh, Kyrie and she became she's two times she became a two time she won the money in the bank match Became a two-time Raw, uh, Raw Women's Champion and is ending the year as a double champion, Raw Women's Champion and Tag Team Champion at the same time. Uh, Asuka is number two. She is, as you said, Joe, the best wrestler in the uh, in the world today, as far as women's are concerned. And and well deserved at number two. If if number if this was any other year, or number one was having like number one was not having an incredible year as, as she is having right now, Asuka would be number one anywhere. No no questions asked. And I'll pass this over to my my good friend James Blanton, Mr. Je- Mr. Blanton, please. James. James. Yeah, y'all hear me? There you yes. Are. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I had soon as you you pause it, my thing disconnected, but it came back in. Okay. <laughs> um, my number two is in three out of three is Oscar Empress of Tomorrow. I just want to agree on both you and Master Heater and just add one thing. I enjoy her commentary and her promos are wonderful and stuff like that. They took 
That was the only thing we was worried about Oscar. Like, well, she, they, they're not going to let her speak. They're not going to, you know, she can't talk on the mic. So they use very sparingly. But doing this whole no audience thing, they found that little shining light and it worked and it's great. And you don't really have to understand her when she's ranting and raving. You, you get it. You get what she said. She's basically saying, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to beat you because I'm Oscar. <laughs> no one's ready for Oscar. So I, I, she had a fabulous year. She accomplished a lot of things. I don't like this whole Charlotte Flair thing, but like Pete said, Charlotte Flair does have to star power, so it's kind of messed up that the champion being overshadowed by her tag team partner. But we'll see where this goes. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be Charlotte versus Oscar eventually, and we know what's going to happen before Mania. <laughs> and we'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. It's just, it's just weird, and just to have Charlotte come back. I'd rather she came back in the Rumble, and you know, from there. But this is fine, and I just move it on to Pete. Let's see, Pete. <laughs> well, can you uh, guess what my number two is? <laughs> it's four out of four. It's for me, Asuka again. She almost got my number one spot, but this my number one just. Slightly, slightly marginally beat her. Um, what, what can I add to what all three of you have just said about her? She's just something else. She is the best re- women's wrestler in the world right now. I absolutely love her rants. I have no idea what she's saying, but it's it's pretty hot. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's um, she's definitely um, the best woman out there right now. So I'll just agree with you all. Asuka. This this would remind me like back in 2018 at WrestleMania Access, Pete and I were both in line to meet Asuka. And yeah, we were both we just were. So, so darn nervous about like, you know, you're going to go up there, what are we going to say? Like, she's so beautiful, but she's so dangerous at the same time. We... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Joe. yes. Now, do we all share the number one person? I mean, the, the lack of dimensions and the honorables are on the list means that we all have. So I think, we should, I, think, I think in five seconds, I'll do a countdown. We all just say who mm-hmm. our number one is real quick, and then we can discuss from there. So everybody okay. get ready, and it'll be right after I say one. So five, four, three, two, one. Bailey. God, okay, so Bailey, this is, I think, her best year ever. Um, it's like, you know, pre-NXT title Bailey was your traditional full-cell favorite, bubbly, maybe she'll never win the title, but, you know, her just being a great workhorse elevated her to winning the championship there. Um, on the main roster, she just became very... She became the character in NXT, but done to an extreme. Where in NXT, she was never, like, portrayed as, I'm Naive. just a fan. Yeah, she, she, she came off creepy. Um, as a baby face, like that interview she had with Corey Graves a few years ago, um, it felt very forced. Um, when she turned heel last year, it was a great heel turn, but her heel turn 
felt rather bland. Like, she didn't have a character. She was just... She cut her hair. She just walked to the ring. It was very monotone. Didn't really do jack shit. Her first three months on SmackDown, they were good. But they were missing something. And then... And it sucks that she's not doing it in front of a crowd. Because right around WrestleMania... She just tweaked herself, and she became basically a female version of, like, 1999 Chris Jericho, female version of, like, 2003 Christian. She just became a obnoxious, loudmouth heel who you can laugh at, but also you don't think of her as a, as a, com- a comical character. Um... Her promos have been excellent this year. Um, And not just her promos, but stuff that she says when she walks through the ring, the way she just says, like, a quick quip about her opponent, or she does, like, some odd little pose. Um, And she does it outside the ring, too. Um, Like, God, I remember she, she did something this past Friday. I can't remember what the hell it was, but I... I loved whatever the hell it was that she did. I, it sucks I can't think of what it was, but I just remember laughing, thinking it was brilliant. Um, like, um, when she declared herself the captain of Team SmackDown, and she was just hopping on the table saying captain time, it's like, you know, it was perfect, because it, it is your, like, smart-assy, like, obnoxious, uh, geeky-ish, like, heel, but you don't really see that portrayed in a female light. It's usually a lot of times, uh, a lot of times like um, Canadian Canadians, usually Canadian mills that get that role, like Jericho Christian. Um, but yeah, it was a different twist for her. Um, nobody saw it coming because her first like five months from like October 2019 to about March 2020 wasn't a bad run. It was just very bland as far as her character. She became possibly, honestly, possibly the best character in professional wrestling in 2020. Um, her work rate is fantastic. Um, like, I wish, honestly, she was still women's champion on SmackDown because she she is a perfect heel champion. Like, you wanted to see her lose, but you but at the same time she was so great at it that her losing at like WrestleMania almost would have been even bigger because it just would have been the complete build up for Agreed. almost a two year run at that point because it would have been like a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Every everything she did this year was pretty much excellent. She if 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 people say there's like SmackDown is trash, which SmackDown hasn't been Raw, sure. SmackDown's been hit and miss, but Bailey has been the constant. Every time she is on, she has been excellent this year. And leave the floor for the rest of you guys with all yeah. of our tops. <laughs> um, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Like if uh, if at the start of last, uh, if at the start of twenty nineteen, you would have told me that Bailey was going to be like the most the most despicable, obnoxious character on the roster, I would I would not have believed it for anything. 
But and also when you look at how her character started off on the main roster, not on NXT, but on the main roster and how it is now, like it's it's night it's night and day and that is something that is really difficult to pull off because Bailey, as corny as she was before she turned the heel, she was loved by a lot of fans. Yes. So and and now she is almost despised by everyone universally. And it takes real time to do that. And like I said, she works hard. She she keeps that uh, she keeps that gimmick going even even off camera. Like if you if you follow her on Twitter, you would find that she she does those things like and not how Becky, Becky Lynch did it when she became the man. And and like uh, what I'm saying is that uh, Bailey as well. Like uh, she. She embodies that character in every aspect, like not just in the ring. Like, if you follow her Twitter feed, she's like, she's that Bailey the heel. Like, she takes shot at every uh, shots at everyone, and it's not like, it's not like the cool underdog on uh, witty way that uh, Becky Lynch does it. She does it in a way that makes you actually despise her more, or hate uh, hate her more. Like, she does it like it's to be mean, not to be you know noticed or not to be. Growing up, all right. And if you watch her, even on the bump, she's still the same, that same character where yeah. she's like basically mean to people, not not and not playing that, not not like uh, look, I'm doing well, and then uh, no, she's just like she's like okay, I'm I'm gonna uh, pardon my friendship, bitch, to everyone. <laughs> and you gotta admire that. Uh, and I'll throw it to you, James. What are your thoughts on Bailey? Well, Bailey was my number one, of course. It's like all four of us, and I agree with what you said, and also Joe. It she really evolved into a, a whole three hundred and sixty of what she used to be in NXT and what she is now. It's I enjoy her. She's entertaining. Her work rate has always been good. She does elevate her opponents. Uh, I wish the Golden Road model still around. So I thought that was very hilarious how they were going to each show. And defending it against different other tag teams, and I agree with Joe that you know them. I wouldn't mind a clean sweep at, at, at Mania. Like I'm just throwing out names like uh, Kai and Gonzalez beat them at Mania for the tag team belts, and then eventually the next night, if they did two nights, some up and comer beat Bailey for the title because I think that take that whoever babyface either. Uh, already on the main roster of the coming NXT, shoot to the stratosphere because they beat Hill Bailey. That would have been great. Let that happen. And she's wonderful. She's entertaining. She's enjoyable. She is my captain. On to you, Pete. Um, yeah, a lot of points that I agree with you all on Bailey. Um, I did think that the um, the character change was massively needed with her. Um, I thought she was going very stale. With, uh, being the face, Bailey, because she was just the same, you know, nothing. But when she came out, I forget which paper it was, and she cut her hair, uh, it completely changed the game for her. Um, I agree, she wasn't, she didn't get into the character immediately. It took a little while, but when she hit that nail on the head, she was just so entertaining. Um, she was a fantastic champion. I do agree with you, James. I wish the Golden Role Models lasted a little bit longer. Um, they could have stretched that out, but, you know, it is what it is. It's W at the end of the day. They love taking things away from us that we love. So, you know, 
it's just one of them. But you know, she's still running with it, even though she's not the champion. She's still she's still in my uh, good books, you know, hence uh, being my number one. So yeah, Bailey number one. All right for uh, for the men. I which let me just say something, Joe. We uh-huh. why, you know we had that confuddle. Yeah, it's gonna be long because. <laughs> Master Heater got seven honorables. I got eight. God knows how many you got. So, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting list. Well, for honorables, all right. these all could have been number five, obviously. Um, this is this was a tough one. So it's like Drew McIntyre, Adam Cole, Walter, um, Jonathan Gresham, Hiromu. Um, they all could have been on the number five spot. Um, the number five though, I went with Bray Wyatt. Um, Bray, he just feels like a star right now. Um, he feels huge. Um, I, I, his, his entire 2020, it, it's been a roller coaster because it started off really well. Then he had the whole Goldberg fiasco. Um, but ever since, you know, Mania and then, you know, rewinning the title in August, everything was all right. But then, he, of course, he lost the title a week later, which is a brave thing to do. Um, but every time he's on, he just feels important. He feels like a spectacle when he's on TV. Um, but yeah, he'd be my number five. For this, you're not necessarily in for entering work, just in the overall package that he's had this year. Um, and I should say that, like my favorite wrestler, Johnny Gargano, isn't on this list. He's had a, he had a great 2020, but just not the total package like a, the rest of them had as far as importance this year. Uh, How dare you? That is not the way. <laughs> that is not the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Bray yeah. Um, White is in my honorable mentions, honestly, uh, for the same reasons. I also would, I also have down there Randy Orton. Uh, love him or hate him, he's here. Okay, you can, you cannot deny like from his feud with Edge to Drew to Bray, and also holding the WWE Championship in between. He has had a great one. Um, Adam Cole, Hughley. I would say Jay White had a, a, a short, uh, a short run during 2020, but still it was also a great year. Uh, and uh, from New Japan, I would also add Shingo and Hiromo in there, uh, and AJ Styles. Those would be my honorable mentions. My number five is a person that I believe, by all means, deserves to be on this list, and no one's so coming. Uh, going down to this list, uh, the guy who, uh, this guy who had a breakout year of, uh, of any superstar in 2020. No, my number five is Evil. Evil, Evil had uh, Evil won the New Japan Cup in dominating fashion. He had one of the he executed one of the most shocking moments in wrestling this year yeah. when he turned Majay and Tatsuya Naito, and then went on to win. Both uh, the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Championships, and like becoming only the second wrestler to ever do that 
uh, when I hold them concurrently. And has also had a great and has mainly made uh, several pay-per-views and also has had a great G1 uh, G1 tournament. So number five for me is both clubs evil. James? Uh, thank you, Master Heater. My honorary is going to look kind of weird, but I'll just list them. Uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Roman Reigns, Jay Uso. This is my little cheat here, but they go together. I go with Mizmo. They was awesome this year. Yeah. Yeah, Hiromu, uh, Sho, Shingo, and Eddie Kingston, and Chris Jericho. And he did it again, Master Nita. Everything is evil. I hate him. I love him. I love him. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I love I him. I understand that. He's Bullet Club. I hate him because he turned on Lij and what he did, but it was beautiful. Thanks to him, he gave birth to my Homeroma screaming me because I was like that too when all that happened. <laughs> he's just great. He evolved to a bigger badass than he was. I enjoyed the look, the music, the attitude, and everything. Even his. Is a love uh, uh, his partner Dick Togo, aka Spoiler Club, aka Walter. So it's wonderful, and I hope that he <laughs> continues with this. And they it, they gave him the ball, and it was temporary, but it was good enough. Mm-hmm. That it was a good summer for Evil to be the dual inter- uh, the dual champion. So my number five is evil, which I changed it three times and it ended up being evil. <laughs> that was good enough. <laughs> All right, Pete, who's your number five? All right, well, I'm just going to throw off my um, honorable mentions. Uh, this guy could have been my number five, but uh, I, I dropped the ball with him pretty quick. Uh, Drew McIntyre, I'm afraid to say. Um, AJ Styles, um, Adam Cole, uh Timothy Thatcher, and one that you will not agree with, James, uh, Pat McAfee. (laughs) (laughs) Only because of his two matches, I hated him as much as you did when he came on the scene. I was like, who's this guy, you know, coming into our realm, uh, you know, uh, trying to fight uh, Adam Cole? But that match, he just won me over. So I'm just going to put him out there. That's a a great pick, uh, Peter. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more okay with Pat because I get it. Lisa wasn't Goldberg, okay? That's, yeah, that's what yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone would call it. Like uh, you're not gonna like my number one on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm gonna say over the Undertaker. How dare you? That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go so ahead. my number five is Carl O'Reilly. Uh, purely because, you know, it's part of the Undisputed Era. He, I felt he was always overshadowed by Adam Cole, obviously, because Adam Cole's the leader. But uh, as breakout star for what he's done and what matches he's given us as a singles competitor, has just blew me out of the water. And I had to put him in here. He wasn't in my top five at first, but then looking back on this year and the matches we've had off him and how he's grown as a wrestler... Uh, and Mike's skills uh, just all tick the right boxes for me. So, um, yeah, Kyle O'Reilly's my man at number five. Um, look at my notes. I fucked up, and I forgot to mention one honorable mention. My other 
honorable mention I had listed was Trent Seven. Um, but for number four, number four is a guy that he's not obviously Daniel Bryan in the ring, but he's he moves super smooth in the ring. Um, every match he's in feels special, especially this year. Um, his feuds have been pretty good, except for one with Drew McIntyre that went on too long. Um, he is the epitome of a superstar in professional wrestling. Not the legend killer, but the legend, Randy Orton. Um, yeah. Orton... He, 2020 has been, with the exception of the Drew feud, it, I I think he would actually be higher up on the list if it wasn't for the Drew McIntyre feud. And I actually think Drew would have been on my top five if it wasn't for that feud. That feud I really damaged both of them, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But he he's been more sinister this year. Um, it's his best heel run since the start of Legacy. Because um, his heel runs can, can be odd. Like, the Evolution Randy was a great heel. Legacy Randy started off as a great heel, but then, you know, they really couldn't do Vicious Randy when they were really pushing the PG thing at the time. Um, Authority Randy didn't really do too much. He was kind of a pussy in a way. Um... Bray Wyatt, Randy wasn't really full on heel since he was undercover, and then he had that yeah. weird like heel run that lasted a couple months with Jeff Hardy last year, where they kind of forced the whole vicious thing, but it didn't really pop. It just kind of bored you. Um, this year, it definitely cemented it. His promo seven great. Um, the program with Edge, I honestly wasn't looking forward to, um, not because. I hate Edge, I love Edge, but I kind of wanted Mania just to be a one-off match. Um, it was a fun match. It went on a little long at the end, um, and then that terrible build towards the, um, was it Backlash? When they had the uh, the quote-unquote greatest match ever. Um, yeah, 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 it was. That, the, the greatest match ever! The, the, <laughs> it was just... They they backed themselves into a corner on that one, advertising it that way because no match in history had ever been advertised that way. You just don't do that. Um, but the match actually wound up being great. Not anywhere near the greatest match ever, um, but it was definitely a great match. Um, you know, his stuff with Flair and um, even Big Show was decent. Um Sure, he had some kind of hokey moments, like putting on the uh, the night the night vision goggles and and beating up the <laughs> legends that would rather play poker than watch Raw. Um, but you know, overall, like this year, he definitely had that superstar feel, um, especially being twenty years into a company to be to rejuvenate yourself like that. Hats off to him. Um, Mohammed. Yeah, um, my number four is Finn Balor. Um, 
he's been awful to people where you are, but I think he has been, uh, since his uh, return to NXT, he has been solid. Yes. He's been putting on amazing barn burner matches, and, and just like in 2016, he has grown into becoming the face of the company. Maybe not, maybe not as solidified as he used to be before, but he's still like the the flag bearer of the all good brand and i think uh Finn Balor has done uh, amazing stuff this year like uh i think his match with damian priest helped help elevate priest to a level that no one has expected uh, yeah. to go to and his match with adam cole that both matches like the iron man four-way match and the uh, and the adam cole matches were awesome and he has also helped in this in a lot of ways make kyle o'reilly into a big star, a single star again. So, uh, Tim Bauer has, I think he has had an amazing 2020, and he has my number four for this, uh, for, uh, for this year. James? My number four, and I wish I could say all of them, but I'm going to say one, but it's all of them. It's kind of hard, but I will have to go with. Adam Cole as my number four. Hey, babe. Spectacular year. It was great because I think we all kind of thought he was going to lose to the dream during that whole little thing they was going through because you just figured, all right, he's going to lose to the dream and they're going to move him up and, and you know, he'd probably be forgotten, but they kept him there and he had fantastic matches. Even with Pat McAfee, he had a great match there also. <laughs> Get that on record. <laughs> hey, so, I know yeah. that, uh, that must have been hard to say, but <laughs> yes, it was. But he had a fantastic year, and it's only I hope only going up for him. Uh, always loved him, Centurion of Honor. I loved the whole group and everything. And so Adam Cole is my number four, and I just hope that when he goes to the main roster, they make something out of him. But you know, who knows? There's a crazy old man in charge. So, uh, Adam Cole is the man, and that is undisputed. You go, Pete. Uh, my, my number four, I had to change this like three times. It's really <laughs> tough. Um, but I'm going to go with Mal, and I'm going to say Finn Balor's my number four. I think he's had a fantastic year. I think he was going a little stale on the main roster. I feel that moving him back to NXT was the right move for him. Can't say I agree with his um, mic skills with the cats, got the cream and all that. That was yeah. awful. But, you know, we'll just sweep that under the rug for now. Because um, he's Irish, Because he, he's Irish. Huh? <laughs> what are you trying to say about us Irish people? Because <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's a Brit. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he's <laughs> so yeah, as far as that goes, one show without you eating a segment of our of our feet. <laughs> yeah, so as far as that goes, we'll forget that ever happened. Um, I, I think he's had some fantastic matches. I agree that he has massively elevated Kyle O'Reilly in his singles career. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, he had uh, a match with Elia at Worlds Collide. Yeah. I thought that was a fantastic yeah. match. Honorable mention. <laughs> um, so yeah, Finn Balor is my man at number four. Quick side note, guys. You think they? Some I still think Tom might win, but you think 
Kyle wins, but then they we have our Finn versus Walter match, possibly at Mania. That was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen because of the whole thing. It depends on uh, you know travel and everything in three months of how yeah. two months now of how it's going to be with the. Uh, that mutated COVID that's going on now and it's rapidly spreading around the states. I yeah. honestly don't think it's going to be happening. I see, unfortunately, I, I think it's going to be like it was last year. And I actually think a lot of the travel is going to be back to how it was, even worse than last year. Um, so if a star is not, you know, visa to be like living in the states or something. I'm not sure, you know, like like a Pete Dunn or someone like that, what their situation is, or Pac, what they actually are entailed for at the moment. But unfortunately, I don't see Finn versus Walter happening anytime in the next six months. Sadly. Okay, just yeah. wanted to figure it out. That's a shame. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, like at this point, I think with the Finn becoming the NXT champion, I don't think they're going to put him uh, and Walter in any match, even if. There were like uh, if even if travel lines are open or so forth, I think Finn versus Walter was going because Finn was going to challenge for the NXT UK title, but it doesn't make sense for him to challenge for it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying if he lost though, and they built up something to build it up, if he lost the cow. But I get what you're saying, that master. But you can continue, Joe. Um. So my number three is Kyle Riley. Um, I. Originally was going to put Undisputed Era as a unit. Um, Me too. <laughs> and I kind of wish I did. However, it w- mainly would have been Cole and Kyle we've been talking about. Not because Strong and Fish have great matches. Like, Strong had a great match on NXT TV against Johnny Gargano, which was, you know, like most Johnny Gargano matches, they're, they, they're great, but they can go on a little bit long. Um I can say that because he's my favorite, but he, his matches do go on too long. Um, but Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole were the two shining spots of Undisputed Era, especially Kyle this year. Um, further, like those of us that watch like Ring of Honor, we know what Kyle can do as a as a single star. Um, but the thing is, as great as Kyle's singles matches were in Ring of Honor his babyface promos kind of always cringed me um, like when he has program with Adam Cole in Ring of Honor it wasn't anything that made me want to cheer Kyle I was like alright Cole's the more charismatic of the two you know I want to see Cole win these matches the past like four months in NXT well going back to when he was still doing mainly tag team matches in NXT, Kyle just ran with the whole, you know, dance strut air guitar to the ring. Um, he developed his own niche in NXT. Um, his selling and during matches was excellent. So he, he, he found a situation to make himself a star in the Undisputed Era, even when Adam Cole was the top guy, people still wanted to see Adam um, Kyle Riley take a bump in a certain way. They wanted to see him come out to the ring. Um, he gave himself a new swagger because of Undisputed Era, and 
now the past few months he's just been running with it um when it started off like they were going to tease a undisputed era breakup you know it was different and then all of a sudden you know he wins the top contendership he had a few he had a possible few of Champa that they were um building towards too, which they never really did anything with um but every match that he's had has been adrenaline fueled um uh, it's had an actual like heart to it and his match with uh um Finn Balor a couple months ago was an excellent match um whether or not they pull the trigger on him winning the title in God, this this week um, is you know unto be decided or not. They easily could, um, but I'm not sure exactly where they go with Undisputed Era as a unit after that. Um, it would make sense if he did win it, but only if they had like the tag belts put on Cole and Strong. Um, but I only see Undisputed Era mm-hmm. sticking around as a unit with Kyle O'Reilly as the sole champion. Um, but then again, if he loses, what happens to the Undisputed Era after that? Um, I do think on the main roster, Cole's obviously going to be successful in the main roster because Vince loves Cole. Um, he, if the Survivor Series 2019 was any indication of Cole main eventing Raw and SmackDown again and again um i think he's definitely going to be one of the top guys now kyle riley if you would have said a year ago i would have said that he would have been a job guy easily on the main roster um i think strong and fish definitely will happen but i think kyle riley might not ever be world champion on raw or smackdown but i do see him Mm -hmm. at least having like an ic or u.s title run um so he definitely rejuvenated himself and became the the guy to watch for 2021. Uh, Mohammed, uh, my number three is the WWE Champion Drew McIntyre. Now, Drew became champion under the worst circumstances possible, where the COVID has taken over and there's no live crowds uh, coming or anything. And this might have hindered uh, what kind of a reign he had or what kind of a championship he had, but I do believe he has stepped up. He has become like uh, he has become the WWE champion. Like he has become a recognizable person who has held the title. It's not like he's a transitional champion mm-hmm. or that's like he's waiting for Cross to die down or anything uh, to come back. I mean, sorry or anything. I think uh, Drew McIntyre has had a banner year from his. Amazing Girl Rumble performance to meeting Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, then he then few then uh, meeting uh, down to beating back challengers such as Big Show, Seth Rollins, and that that feud with Randy Orton, and then uh, even also having I won't say a great or anything, but a good TLC match with AJ Styles, uh, but. Drew McIntyre, like, he has become a compelling character. He is, he speaks like a champion. He has become an ultimate babyface champion, if that's uh, something you guys would, uh, would get. And... I had to, I had, I had to butt in on this one. 
Look at this guy that just fucking hates The Miz. He had a great TLC match of AJ Styles. Doesn't even mention The Miz in that match. <laughs> nope. For sure. I mean, yeah, because it was good, it was good because The Miz uh, wasn't there yet. That's true. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right, touche. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's also good because they screwed, because they screwed the Miz over on the cash. They did. <laughs> I don't know what to say. But I had to drew McIntyre. I don't know why you guys uh, have, uh, have all taken him out of your top fives. It's he had, that uh, I honestly think that's a miscarriage of justice. He he, he did have a great year. I for Drew he his his year started off great. He was doing that whole. He was started off, you know, as a heel, but he was getting cheers from beating up baby faces like, you know, uh, Cardona and Myers. His Royal Rumble thing was great. The build up to WrestleMania was great, um, and I loved his title reign because he had like a Shawn Michaels type reign where every match, every month, he was facing a different opponent up until Randy Orton. Um, I, I I love it when yeah. champions face different stars every month. I hate seeing the same programs happening every single month. Um, so I I do think he had a great run, and as I said, I think I think he would have been possibly on the top three if it wasn't for the Orton feud. I think that kind of dragged it down a little bit. But I mean, his match with Roman Reigns was excellent. Um, his stuff with AJ Styles, I would rather have seen it in a singles match, but you know, they did what they could with, you know, WWE making us have to watch TLC matches without any context every December. And and I just wanna just say that I, well, I, I knew not a lot of WWE people in my top five, but there's no disrespect to Drew, it's just they're not booking him properly. It's just uh once he won that title, it's just uh like okay, he beat the big show. Wow, everybody beats the big show. Not a big accomplishment. But I get what they was trying to do that. And the whole less talk more, claim more, this and that is just what happened to the Scottish psychopath? What happened to like 2019 Drew McIntyre where they can just do that? Cause he was a badass there. I like joy I liked him in 2019. But then soon as he made that full baby faces book and just been Vince, typical baby face booking. It's basically, it's basically like this. They took uh, baby face Roman, gave it to Drew McIntyre. And now Roman's better now because he's a heel. Because <laughs> he's taking seriously. This is like, what is this guy? Now, I, I joke about the sword and the thing. That it was just weird how they just, you know what, for now, he's going to come out and kilt and do the sword thing. Now. It's like, this came out of the blue for me. And I get the story. It just that's how I feel about Drew. It's like his matches is always good for some people. Uh, TLCS was great. Roman, good. Most other thing is they keep knocking, knocking him down. Oh, Claymore, match over. And I'm like, it's seemed like the same thing. But my, oh, my thing is him and Seth Rollins when he had a Money in the Bank match. It's like the buildup was okay. The match was great. And that's yeah. how I feel about certain time when you have good people in the ring with him, it's like it's great matches, it's good, but the build is usually uh, and I'm just like they can do better with Drew and stuff like that. And I don't yeah. mean no disrespect, and I see that it's just how I just feel about this thing. It's all it's just like uh, just just stop it with that. We get it, you know. To me, and honestly, the future shot DDT is a better finish than the Claymore. <laughs> okay, 
Because that just, <laughs> yeah. But moving on. So I guess it's my turn. Yep. Um, yep. My number three is All Y'all Should Buy Out, the King Switch, the Switchblade, Jay White. I, he might win the title on Monday. <laughs> okay, Destiny might be fulfilled and he might be the dual crown, uh, dual crown champion. It's a good possibility it may happen. This man not being in New Japan, majority had, a, I believe, a good stunning year. Promos has been great. Like I said, he's the New Japan version of the Miz. Everybody hates him, despises him, especially when he took Kota's briefcase away. Ooh. <laughs> but he proved the time again that he is the uh, he's the man. He's the top ganjin of New Japan pro wrestling. Uh, he's already a triple crown champion. He's situated. All I can see is the move up. And I'm hoping for a Naito title defense, but if Naito loses to Jay White, I can't be mad about that. And I'm thinking there's going to be more bigger, better things for Jay White. Because, as again, if you didn't know, he did sell out the Madison Square Garden and he is the last rock and roll. <laughs> so, uh, Jay White is number three. I can't wait to see what he does tomorrow, Monday morning or whenever, the next two days. So, I'll move it on to Pete. Right. Uh, my number three, uh, I'm not talking about. Your your hill brother Walter. I'm talking about our NXT UK <laughs> champion Walter. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know the the brand has been had almost six months off this year. Um, you know, but quality over quantity, I say. Um, he's had some fantastic matches. I like his in ring style. Like his dominance. You know the way he is with Imperium. The way he sells himself, I didn't like him when I first saw him. Um, I was like, who the fuck's this guy? You know, <laughs> stepping up to Pete Dunn, how dare you? Um, but when he took that title off Pete, I was so angry <laughs> at him. Um, it took me a while, but as as the months and year, you know, as the months went on, sorry, I I just loved him. I love everything about him. I like, I just, I just love Imperium, you know. Um, and he's like the long, almost the longest reigning NXT UK champion, I believe. Yeah, not sure on the exact yeah. date, but it, it's got to be close. It's got to be very close. So, How dare yeah. you? I'm going to, I'm going to tweet, I'm going to email the wall to that that you did not <laughs> like him when he showed up, and you're going to get a chop. You'll get a chop. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish you had a different name, but hey ho. <laughs> so yeah, number three. NXT UK champion Walter, not the wanker in our group. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, wankers can smell like shit, like cat <laughs> shit. And number two has a lot of cat shit involved with it because the litter box is open, and this is his this is his kitty litter. Number two is Finn Balor. Um, Finn Balor this year, every like takeover type match that he had was excellent um Dragonov at Worlds Collide um Johnny Gargano um Damian Priest um Timothy Thatcher um I think he had uh, Kyle Riley um 
he had somebody else as well. Um, but every, every single um, match of his was great. I was hesitant about him staying in NXT, um, mainly because it felt when he first went down there, it was obviously a ploy just because of the whole like Wednesday Night War situation. Um, but he definitely rejuvenated himself in NXT because while he was in NXT originally, he was excellent. Um, going to the main roster, they made him like just super, super smiley. Um, the actual demon didn't feel quite the same anymore. Um, his matches were still good, but he just lost that spark that he had while he was in NXT. Um, so going down there, especially turning heel right away, was the right move. Um, and then doing that whole thing where he turns face but still maintained the heel character was great because right now his character doesn't give two shits like you know who you are um he just wants to face a person beat the person and move on and just be the like the champion he wants to be the guy um which you don't really see a lot of in wrestling i I, actually three of the champions right now in wwe are that way because i mean you have roman reigns walter and finn balor who all three of them, their goal is just to be champion. Like, they don't really have, like, other motives as far as their title reigns go. But Finn has it in a babyface stance where he just wants the best competition. Um, like, the build-up for Kyle was great. The, the handshake after the match was great. He hasn't done anything since then, besides his whole little kitty litter fiasco. Um <laughs> But, you know, the build-up to uh, him and Kyle, too, has been excellent as well. Um, has been solid. That match, if they give it even half the um, the attention that they gave to detail in the first one, it will completely steal the show. I mean, I, I think no matter what, it's going to steal the show Wednesday regardless. Um it's one of those things with Finn right now where he's one of those guys who was on the main roster. Nothing really happened to him. So he went back down to NXT, um, one to help elevate NXT itself, but he also elevated himself at the same time. Um, you know, that easily could have been done with like the revival or anybody else. Um, but you know, Finn took the ball and ran with it. Um, he's having the best run he's had since he was NXT champion initially. Um, so yeah, um, Finn Balor right now is, I think, the guy to watch. Uh, Mohammed, next on choice. Um, number two for me is WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Uh. Reigns started off the year well, like he had a he had a very very good performance at the Royal Rumble. He was set to 
challenge, and I believe beat Goldberg for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. But then he had to take time off for personal reasons or the pandemic or whatever. But and it might be a little controversial because like his big run this year only started in August, but wow did he make the most of it. Like uh within a week of his comeback he wins the Universal Championship. He he turns into the bad guy everyone wanted him to be. And he very quickly became the most compelling character on WWE TV. Uh, you would uh, you would tune into SmackDown every week because you wanted to know what Roman Reigns had to say, even though we had Paul Baron, uh, Paul Heyman next to him. You weren't in, you weren't interested in much as uh, Paul Heyman what Paul Heyman had to say as much as you did Roman Reigns, which is saying a lot, honestly. Yeah. And, yeah. And in the process, he made a huge star out of Jey Uso. He. He pushed, he punked out Drew McIntyre in a way that is un, that is unheard of, honestly. But they did deliver a great match. He he raised Kevin Owens up to the uh, to the main event level again, which is Kevin Owens has been like you know floating around mid card hell for uh, mid uh, mid card lingo for a long time for until that point. And honestly, he he really is. He, his story being told right now is the most compelling story on WWE television, I believe. And there you have it. And my number two is Roman Reigns. I'm going to throw it to James now. Good landing. Thank you, Master Heater. Time for a controversial pick number two from James. And first of all, I'm the big... I don't want to say I'm the big... But I'm one of the biggest fan marks, okay? I love fan... And I want him in my top five, but this is why I hate lists, because he's in my honorable mention, but they all my top five. That's why I hate these doing these stupid lists. <laughs> <laughs> my number two, and you all can probably guess who it is if I say controversial, because I have to throw his name out here just to aggravate the man. It's not Pat Magic, is it? No, 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 it's works. It's works. It's coming from me. It's coming from me. My uh, number two is Kenny Omega. And the last couple of months, what he's done and what he's ever doing with him, I think it's great. It's, it's, it's interesting. It makes you feel like, oh, what's they going to do next? Because, you know, me and Joe thought, man, it'd be great if he showed up at Ring of Honor. Then I realized Ring of Honor was taped. It wasn't even live, so it wouldn't make no sense for him to show up there, even though Impact is taped also <laughs> from months ago. But I thought he had a good solar year. I'm, I'm glad that we hopefully seen the cleaner. Um, he stopped doing tag team. He's, he's doing the heel roll. I'm thinking teaming up with Don Callis is great because <laughs> Don is – Don get the point across. And – I'm hoping that we have a wonderful uh, – well, now it's this year now. I hope wonderful year Kenny being a champion and see how long they rise. Uh, I am a fan of his, but I believe that he did a wonderful 2020 year. And I just hope that he gets better at it, and I hope we see him in other different promotions. So I think that's kind of good to help out other promotions that are lacking – I don't want to say star power, just audience. In that way, it's nothing wrong with him to do a little cross promotional and do some things like that. So much master heater, I might get a TNA impact. Well, sorry, impact pay per view just to see him and the good bros. Yeah, 
fighting a six man. Okay, crazy. I might just stream. I might be like, y'all, just streaming. <laughs> I ain't going that crazy there, but Kenny Omega is my number two. That's my controversial pick. Yes, Master he's probably shaking, like grabbing his uh, Kendo stick, like, why you name it <laughs> Kenny Omega? All people. <laughs> <laughs> Like any year, but this year I might have to like set that's a good thing. But then, to each his own. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You know. <laughs> um, you take it, Pete. Yeah. Um, my number two, same as Mal, it's Roman Reigns. He was close to being my number one guy, but he had to take the number two spot for me. Um, a lot of points I agree with Mal in terms of like he's the guy you watch SmackDown for. If there's an announcement, Roman Reigns has got uh, has something to say. You're more layers. Um, I loved that Paul Heyman joined with him because you thought, uh, you know, in previous uh, runs, he wasn't great on the mic as a face. So at first I thought, oh, he does need Paul Heyman. But when um, when he's came, when he came back uh, a few months back or whenever it was, um, he's just his mic skills have massively improved. Um, also, like you say, is the heel we've always wanted. We've wanted Roman Reigns to be this badass heel for so long, and now we finally got it. It's just special that he's actually doing something that we all like. Um, I love how he's elevated uh, Jim, Jimmy Uso. Uh, Jay or Jimmy? I always forget which is who. <laughs> um, you know, Jay. Yeah. You're, Jay, you're the person sorry. he hates um, on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how he's elevated him as a singles competitor. Their matches have been great. I love how he's teamed up with him. I hope that uh, Jimmy comes back and joins. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, Roman Reigns, my number two guy. So number one, um, this is a guy that when he entered was, for me, was overshadowed by his two partners in presence character and in-ring ability. Um, He then started getting a little bit of a monster heel push. Fans started getting behind him. And WWE, instead of keeping him as a badass, turned him into kind of a jokey guy. And he stayed that way for about six years. Um, My number one is Roman Reigns. Um, Roman Reigns started off, you know, 2020, like Mohammed said, uh, you know, with the build up towards him and Goldberg, um, you know, personal stuff happens. He takes time off for a few months. His re-debut was, it felt impactful because... You know, we really, he wasn't really healed at the time. We didn't really know what he was doing because he was attacking both guys that were kind of both on a tweener binge at that moment with uh, Braun and Bray. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the next week, you know, we see him on TV with Paul Heyman. The next week, he, or a couple of days later, he's he wins the title. A lot of people hated it because they're like, oh, fuck Roman. And I always told him, it's like, you're the same people who have just been trashing Roman just because of how W's presented him. He's always had something, but now we are seeing that something unfold. He has Paul Heyman with him. 
not necessarily as his mic man. He has Paul Heyman with him as basically his complete agent going back and forth to book matches for him. Um, he kind of has a sting in TNA feel where he feels kind of like a mob boss in a way because he just stays in the back. He He's quiet, yet he still talks. Um, his promo style has been perfect because he doesn't scream into the microphone. He just subtly says what he's going to do, and he does it. He's a heel out of respect. Um, like, he's not a cocky heel. He's not an evil heel. He's a heel who just wants to be treated with respect. And lightning in a bottle happened with Jay Uso with him, that he elevated him. The whole family situation helped add to the whole respect feel that he has with his character at the moment. Um, every match that he has feels like a big match. Um, his two matches with uh, Jay Uso have been great. His match with Drew McIntyre was great. His two matches with Kevin Owens were great. Um, I don't necessarily want to see a third one with Kevin Owens, not because it's not going to be a great match, but just because, as I said, I'd rather have a, a champion face a different opponent again um but you know with Brian already in the rumble there's really not another top face form but they could easily throw in you know Dominic Mysterio um right there <laughs> um you know and, and anybody um hopefully not Dominic Mysterio for those listening that as just a complete joke on that one um but you know Ray. I'm shocked that he's running y'all top five either, y'all. Yeah, uh, I threw that out there. <laughs> uh, you know, Ray, Buddy Murphy, anybody could have had a, a one-off Rumble feud with him. But I'll accept him doing Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens, like Muhammad said, got re-elevated this year. Um, this is the best babyface Owens that there's been yet because – the whole uh, Shane McMahon feud just didn't really do too much. Um, the mm-hmm. Seth Rollins feud just went on too long. Um, and then he just kind of, you know, feuded with various mid-card, upper mid-card baby faces like Hurt Business the past few months. Um, going to SmackDown, he didn't really do a whole lot at, for, at first. But, yeah, he's just lit a new fire under his career and this is the baby face we all knew Kevin Owens could have been and this is the superstar that I've been saying Roman Reigns has been the past few years he just needed the right character to roll with um, this easily could have been his baby face character um, but you know now we're getting in heel form um, once he does turn face eventually which you know originally was planned and rumors um, that he was going to be going babyface again before Mania. I personally, right now, want him to stay heel for at least until maybe SummerSlam, um, because this is magic right now. Um, 
for people to be tuning in just to see Roman Reigns on the microphone, that is magic right there. Because if you have told anybody that a year ago, they would have laughed your ass off. Um, so yeah, it, it Roman Reigns is having the best five months that he's ever had in his entire career. And it's just like, I'm not even thinking about his um, pre-mania stuff, but you know, from SummerSlam to now that like five month period has just been an incredible five month run. Uh, Mohammed. Yeah. Uh, number one. Uh, I want to say like, there was a lot of like, you know, careful consideration or anything, but I think uh, since the moment I, I was going to put down the list. I knew this was going to be my number one. Uh, uh, it has been a great year for for this uh, for this gentleman. Uh, my number one is one the leader of the Los Angeles the own that's uh, Nito. Now, Nito has started started the year off in the biggest way possible by going into the Wrestle Kingdom event with no titles and no claims to actually have those matches, to walking out with both titles on, uh, the, the, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight uh, Championship becoming the first superstar to unite those titles or hold them simultaneously, you would say. He had, um, he had a great year defending against uh, Kenta and then losing to Evil, but then regaining the titles from Evil and then had one of the best world champion uh, performances in the G1 climax, I believe, in the uh, in the sport. So, and there's also he uh, he is responsible for one of the uh, one of the coolest visuals of the year as far as wrestling, which is when they were at the baseball stadium at mm-hmm. uh, the summer struggle, and he did the Elijah caught, and they had the fireworks all around him and everything. So that that was an uh, that was an amazing moment and. I believe that Cian Naito has earned this ranking. Uh, Naito is my number one wrestler, my number one male wrestler for 2020. James, please talk more about Naito. Yes, <laughs> I'll have to agree that my number one all first was Tassido Naito. Uh, you didn't know I'm a big fan of his, and I agree with everything Master Heater said, and it's true, and. I will tell you my brother this now. Tonight, when Rising Kingdom, when he comes out, there will be a tears in my eyes. Because just him, like I said last week, him walking out on the grand stage, don't answer the phone. <laughs> Sorry. Tonight, walking, that slow walk with both titles in his hand at the Tokyo Dome yeah. will be mine for me. That is yeah. going to be there. Like you said, he came Rask King with usually nothing, and he's coming there as the champion, and it's going to be wonderful to see. And my last comment I want to say is that I believe that he just as I sent some in the group, it's a clip from the he. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw something. I sent y'all something in the group chat. It's from the Holly Quinn series. And let me just set it up to put a smile on my face. I don't know if it was related, but it, it, it has to be. But basically, Bane comes in pissed off 
comes at Two Face. Two Face, and I'm kid you not, told him tranquilo, tranquilo. Hmm. And that just made me smile like either it could be a reference to him or it's just spreading that far. But to right. me, that's how awesome Nigel is. He literally said that and I'm like, that's one. <laughs> it lines up good, I think, because it's uh, Bane is Latino, I believe, right? Yes. Well, Argentina. He's from Argentina. But yes. But it just just the thing of just seeing even my wife looked at me like they said it like exactly. It's just she knows yeah. from Nitro. Yeah. wrestling fans, you hear Tranquilo, you automatically think about Nitro. Yes. Exactly. See? And, but yeah, he's the number one. Um, it, I could say a lot of things about why I love Nitro, but my said he'd have covered everything about it, but that's my number one. And I'm moving on to Pete after he talks on his phone because he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number one, I've been a fan of his since I saw him in 2013. His character is just something which you'll never have seen before. Um, He never got stale for me, but when he went away and then he came back with what he brought to us, it's just been the best thing I've ever seen in a wrestler. And that, my number one, is The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Um, I just, like... I, I can't remember which one he said. Maybe not for his in-ring matches, but for the entertainment value yes. and what he's given yeah. us each year has just been something I've never seen by any wrestler before. When he was Bray, like even when he came back as Bray Wyatt, it was it wasn't even style. It wasn't like mm-hmm. oh god, Bray Wyatt again. It was like oh shit, he's come back as Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Even though it was only a one-off, I thought it was awesome. Um. He's, he's he's all right in the ring. He's good. He gets the job done. Um, as far as the title run goes with him, I feel his character doesn't need a title. He doesn't need a belt. He's just big enough on his own. He doesn't need anything. I wasn't a fan of that Fiend title. Too much too much Fiend face on stuff. But, you know, Fiend wants to sell some extra belts. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but like I say, the five for now He's been fantastic. Um, and the fact that he had Alexa as, well, I'm going to say Sister Abigail, kind of. Pretty like, much. it was being teased for such a long time. And we finally got something along those lines. And it just clicked and it's and it's worked. I think it's a fantastic pairing. I love the way that uh, Alexa's going with her character. Um, and I look forward to seeing Bray come back at the Rumble, hopefully. So, for entertainment and what he's given us, I, it, it was Bray Wyatt. He's my man of this show. Um, now that Pete is done, I just got to say, Pete, Joe, not myself, because I'm, I'm pouring y'all out. How dare y'all not say Messiah in y'all list? How dare you? For the greater good, y'all did he, not he say the Messiah. He did cross my mind. <laughs> we know why Master Heater didn't name him because he's a heathen that don't believe in him. But no self Rollins. I'll y'all. So I I love Seth Rollins, and I honestly his his Messiah run has been excellent. I've loved pretty much everything he has done as himself, and I love the stuff that he was doing. When he had his faction, like I loved, you know, Authors of Pain with them, Buddy, Timothy Thatcher, or not Timothy Thatcher, uh, Austin Theory, um, 
but um you know his whole overall presentation has been great his in-ring work has been great the only reason Seth wouldn't be on a top five is just because pretty much from March. April of <laughs> April of 2020 or I guess May I guess seven was May 2020 May yeah. 2020 to November for six months it was the same program that you just did not want to see on Monday or Friday um it was the worst feud, not of the year, but the worst one of the worst feuds in wrestling. Um, but the, at the th- at the same time, while it might have damaged Ray and Dominic, it didn't damage Seth this year. It's odd. Seth yes. Seth still felt like magic when he was out. Ray, it was mainly people who were just like, ugh, Ray, Dominic, Humberto. Um, <laughs> you know, we've seen it again and again and again. Um, and honestly, even the Kevin Owens feud fell away, but it was not a knock on either of those two. It's just that feud just went on way too long as well. Um, hopefully, when he does come back, whether it be as a babyface or if he returns as the actual messiah again hopefully his feuds aren't long four six month long programs again um i think the stuff with drew was okay because it was only a one-off um but you know overall his feuds have just been going on way too long as a heel um he could have done a lot with a lot of people in the past year with the current, the current gimmick that he did have. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. Just, it just, I just, I think that I agree with Master Hita with the whole Dominic thing. And I just want to say, and you can continue, Master SmackDown got good because you notice Bernie Murphy di- is disappeared now. Sorry, Buddy Mysterio. They kind of just put that under the rug now. They did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the reason I didn't put the, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, the reason I didn't include Seth Rollins on my list is simple. I just I did it for the greater good. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> no believer, but it's okay. It's just, it's certainly so. He did not have a great last year. The whole mystery of thing kind of on the it's, whole thing. Exactly, it's because yeah. like the whole like I mean the whole cluster of Ray, Ray, Dominic, Buddy, and Seth all became like this big large. Thing that you wanted to ignore every year, every week. Absolutely. So, So in answer to your question, James, if anyone's to blame for Seth Rollins not being in our top five, blame Rey Mysterio. Yeah. (laughs) I always do. (laughs) Should be tired. Yeah. Should be tired and gone. Yeah. Agreed. Why Andy Bryan wasn't in the 2014 Royal Rumble? Blame Rey Mysterio. Why Seth Rollins (laughs) is not in the top? Uh No. Hopefully they get a rematch for Brock Lesnar. I blame Ray Mysterio. Yeah. Blame Ray Mysterio too. Yeah. <laughs> he was there. Oh, uh, just two uh two wrestling notes for you. One Master Heater gonna like, one thing Pete's gonna hate. So <laughs> Eve Marie is still around. She's training in the performance center, because you know she's a contract wrestler, Joe. Um <laughs> rumor is 
that that might be uh, Angel's uh, crush girl or fantasy mm. girl. He's maybe even Marie. So yeah, I just hear that. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Yeah. The other thing, and this is for you, Master Heater. Your good favorite Japanese wrestler, <laughs> boom, Japanese wrestler <laughs> from all Japan, Yoshitatsu is sending out a tweet. But John Cena to help him in all Japan. It can happen. Shawn Michaels did up in W. Nothing wrong with John Cena showing up in all Japan. That would be crazy, but it can happen. It would be great. <laughs> yeah, also, exactly. I would love that because, like, um, now say what you want, but all Japan is not direct competition for WWE, so it would be like, yeah, a nice like mini synergy thing uh, happening if they did. And they they are in talks in a way, yeah. you know. And you can get away with it because, like, he was it. He was in the WWE for a while. Mm-hmm. Even won that big battle royal at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And John Cena can come in and do two moves, and that's it. Just showing up. As again, Shawn Michaels was special guest referee in FMW, so it, it can happen. So, yeah. That's so just thought it out there. I thought it'd be cool to see. You know, something that even Marie won the Royal Rumble this year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete's gonna rage like what? <laughs> no, we're gonna throw. She gonna she gonna throw Nikki crossover and Katie Lee and everybody like what is going on? And like yep, even Marie like yeah, taking the belt yeah. from you, Oscar. <laughs> oh no! jeez. Oh, I won't say this like I hate. It. Yeah, go ahead, Pete. No, I was just saying that's the stuff things and nightmares are made of. Even Marie. <laughs> Beating Oscar can't. I just. I will say, like, I hated Eva Marie in the ring before she went, like, back in 2013 or whatever she was doing. Like, I remember there's this one night where Angie Lee, like, completely dis- uh, was completely destroying her. Then she rolls her up quickly because of a distraction, and then comes uh, pins Angie, gets out of the ring, starts posing and ke- uh, you know blowing the kisses and doing all that you know uh, infuriating oh, yeah. stuff that she does. And then they cut to Asian Lee. They cut back to Asian Lee. We're going after and they, and then she's like on the floor holding her neck, hurt. And I was like, "Well, this girl should have been hurt from the beginning, for right after the pin." But she decided to go. Uh, she went into autopilot and just decided to pose right after going. Mm-hmm. And that hated her ever since until she came back with that gimmick of like uh, of the announcer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was gold, honestly. I, lo- I love that part. Like, yes. yes. That was Even good. Even cannot compete because, because she's uh, having indigestion or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have one more thing, but look, I can wait till we're done recording now. This is something for Master Hita. All right, well. Um... So what do you guys think is going to be the top? Are going to be top in 2021. So what now? Who's gonna be the top person in um? Yeah, oh, yeah what do you guys think? Like, who's yours gonna be this? I, I'll go first. Um, um, but let me break it down like this: NXT. I'm thinking it's going to be Raquel, guys. Guys, I want to say Blackheart, but I don't know. They had a chance to do something with her this year. I'm thinking they're gonna do something with Raquel. Uh, women's. Uh, Rita Ripley, of course. Yeah. Um, men's Biggie, 
And I'm just thinking anybody else. It's been Biggie. I'm just going through everything. I'll, I'll go with uh, Adam Cole. Look at somebody else. And AEW. That's a toss up. Um, I don't know. Between uh, literally everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be anybody and stuff like that. You know what? Let me just go with let me go with this up and coming tag team called the Bucks. Let's yeah. go with that. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I th- I think. Yeah. Hey, I ain't say Cody though. I ain't say Cody. <laughs> I think Biggie. Um, Cody would have been the thing for a bit. <laughs> I think Big e, on, I think Big E um, will be the top guy. Um, uh, Pete. Yeah, um, I think Big E is definitely overdue for his title run. I'd like to see him up against Roman. I think that'd be a fantastic match. Um, and same as you, James Rhea. She's been waiting at that door for so long yeah. now. And we're just waiting for that right moment that I think she's just going to explode on the main roster. And we're going to hate it six months later. Just like fans yeah, always. Of course. <laughs> exactly. yeah. We couldn't call ourselves fans if we didn't. Exactly. True. How <laughs> dare they push the person we wanted them to push? Exactly. Right. <laughs> They're going to change her music, change her look. She's going to be a little uh, Catholic schoolgirl that do kisses and rainbows and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go love it, but yes. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't object to, like, you know, having anyone. Uh, I mean, at least having one person having a, a Catholic school girl kind of gimmick. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, know. I would love it. Personal reasons, just, that's something. Yeah, I just have to go some opposite than what she looks like now. They got to go a whole 180 about how her whole personality is. It's all goody good. She's going to be, you know, NXT Bailey. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Honestly, James, I don't think so. I think they wanted Rhea Ripley as she is yeah. because... That's oh, the yeah, they have to Charlotte yeah, going but, into her Yeah, but yeah. I always got to make that joke that WWE's going to yeah. twist it to his version of it, not Paul. I mean, of course, they're going to say, yeah, of course they're going to change the version itself. Yeah, so. I don't think Triple H will let them change her too much. Well, she's going to go from, like... <laughs> I'd like to think that, but, you know. I mean, this goes to, to, to how much power does he have, because, like, everyone he went up has been changed. They have, yeah. Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's what his vision of it is. That's that's Vince way. Yeah. That's all. But you, Master Heater, or are you done, Pete? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a big year for Big E, and I have not given up on Keith Lee yet. I think it's going to be a big year for him as well. That'd be nice. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking he's not. I cannot say this. I agree with you, Master but I think he's just in the waiting. If he having them opportunities, he having them chances, they keeping him up in the top tier. It's just that they just like, you know what, we focusing on Drew right now, and uh, we, uh, Bobby Lashley, because I'm thinking like, who's the single title person he can take, and I'm like, that's about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'm two people, so it's the I'm problem thinking, yeah. is yeah, it's the problem is the lack of like I don't know like you should say like what the lack of made main eventers for Raw like yeah. they're just uh, leaning back on whoever was a uh, main eventing for like a 
That's why the Randy Orton feud, I think, took so long because they thought, like, well, Randy Orton is the biggest star that Drew has gone up against. We should stretch this as much as possible. And in the in the process, not too many stars have been made. Exactly. And it's not too yeah. many big-time heel stars. So Drew being a baby face, he can't just fight all the baby faces because then you're killing the baby faces. Yeah. So yeah. and Randy are coming. So I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be, like, uh, something special being done between Drew and Sheamus down the line, maybe at the Rumble or... Yeah. Maybe even at Mania, I don't know. But I'll say this. This is the funny thing about Keith Lee and Big E. If you switch them roles, Keith Lee would probably be in Big E's role if he was on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. And Big E would be yeah, just be swimming in the in the ocean of Raw. Just He's being still be a big title match and get an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what it'd be. Cause I can see Keith Lee being the IC title champion on SmackDown and keeping him and Roman separate and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next week and the week after and the week after will be our big uh, Royal Rumble retrospective. Um, so, yeah, I mean, real quick, uh, anyone for 2021 Royal Rumble pick? By chance that anyone has at the moment that they can think of, I, I uh, I'd like to say Daniel Bryan or Biggie, but um, not sure exactly who feels like WWE has in place for it. Uh, it Rumble kills me because they can always they can do Daniel Bryan, but then screw Daniel Bryan in the next pay per view. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to get mm-hmm. your wishes up, but I go with. I go with two guys, two women. I would love Daniel Bryan, but I, I'm going to put him at the very top. That's my dream. But Big E or Seth Rollins? Seth is one of my guys as well for it. Uh, as far yeah. as women, um, Rhea. I can't really think of another woman besides Rhea who I think could possibly be the Rumble winner this year. Same. Yeah. Same. You know, uh, I would say Shayna, but then she's in the tag team. But, you know, that, then they wouldn't do – she won last year, so they won't do it again. But that's the only one I can make sense. So, But I'll go with Rita being the only one, which is messed up because they got a lot of good women talent. You know, it could be Belair, but do we believe that, though? But <laughs> Shayna didn't win last year's, though. Charlotte won last year's. Yeah. No. Um, I would say it's either gonna be for the women's. It's gonna be either Eva Marie or Lana. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, and I think she is legit injured because I, I follow her on Twitter. She has a Boot, brace yeah. and a boot on. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, that's, uh, I think uh, I think Rhea Rhea is the odds-on favorite for winning the Rumble this year, and for the men's. I don't think Big I don't think Biggie's gonna win the men's because I think he's just got the Intercontinental Championship, so I think that's his path through WrestleMania until at least SummerSlam. Oh yeah, but it'd just be nice. The same thing it would be nice. Yeah. yeah. It would be nice, yeah. but I think it's yeah, right now the standout is Daniel Bryan. I think it's but I will say I do love it when the winner is when it's not clear for everyone mm-hmm. who the winner is gonna be. Exactly. And that's what and, it looks like we're we're having going in, so and sorry, Joe. I 
I knew Charlotte won, but then when they do the dual belts, I'm like, Shayna did something, but that was Elimination Chamber. Yeah. That's what threw me off. It did, yeah. But, and now I'll let you go out to this peak. Daniel Bryan did post a fight Roman at Royal Rumble now, but still that changed plans. So it could be Daniel Bryan. And he is moving to part-time wrestler. And to me, having Daniel winning and then facing Roman will be an excellent match for WrestleMania. Yeah, for him and that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, for for women's, I want to say Rhea win, um, and I think them going. Uh, you know, just tell the speculation out, out my head. I think that Asuka may lose the belt to Charlotte before Mania, so then we'd have Charlotte and Rhea too it at Mania. Sense. Just mm-hmm. just just putting it out there. Um, for the Rumble, I'd love Big E, I'd, even though he has got the belt. I'd look. He, he does deserve it. He's been. He's put he's put his dues in now to be a top star, um, and a curveball I'm going to throw in there. Brock Lesnar. There's a, sh- there's just, a possibility just to piss everyone off because <laughs> that's what he likes to do. <laughs> no, oh, 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 just say Goldberg. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh no, <I'm> never Goldberg. <laughs> he's looming. He's looming though. He's looming. He's looming yeah, around. He hasn't been. We haven't seen him since Mania. You know, uh-huh. Brock Lesnar's. Vincent Mann's bitch, so <laughs> you know, let him have it if he, um, he chooses to. So, I'm just um, <laughs> and just uh, Castle Kingdom information, just confirming it. Uh, it starts tonight at 2 in the morning, tomorrow at 3 in the morning, and New Year's Dash, which is the follow up, is 4 30 in the morning. And I totally forgot about New Year's. Is yeah, can you add a time zone to that? Because not all the listeners live where you are, James. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> 2, 2 a.m. Eastern Time for tonight, uh, 3.30 Eastern Time uh, for tomorrow, and the New Year's Dash is 4.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sorry, I forgot. But the thing is, so who's, who's in GMT, Tom? Who's in GMT? You or Pete in GMT, um, too? I would expect Pete to be in GMT, but I think you're uh, GMT plus one, right, Pete? Uh, yeah, that's right. All right. So eight in the um, morning for... GMT plus four. So. Yeah, it's eight in the morning for me. Yeah, then nine for the next one, and then New Year's Dash is 10.30 in the morning. Pete, lucky. I would love to wake up to watch New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's, that's the thing. So, Joe... Yes. Will you be able to join us? No, I, I I will not be able to while it airs live. I'll be watching it tomorrow at some point. <laughs> I, I, I have to sleep and got work in the morning, so yep. <laughs> excuses, excuses, my man. Sleep is for the week. That's right. All right, well... So now- uh, so, I'm beginning to wonder if she's an anti-masker in Rio. That's oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so I'm an African American person that's uh, 40. So no, I believe in the mask. <laughs> All right. So, so go that ahead, does it for this week? Um, so yep. Next week uh, we will start the Royal Rumble. All right, and uh, happy podcasting. <laughs>